hey, we have another uh, fantastic guest. Um, my sweet wife always lines us the very, very best uh, guests. And we have uh, Mary Rice Hassan, and uh, she is the Kate O'Burney Fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center in D.C. Uh, she's a University of Notre Dame uh, graduate, and um, she speaks and writes on women's sexuality, culture, family, faith, you know, right up my alley and right up your alley. And uh, many of you know I am the school choice advocate uh, over at the Virginia Christian Alliance, and uh, I'm telling you, this book that she's written Get out now. You talk about singing off of the same hymn book. And uh, Mary, uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing with us and joining us. And thank you for writing this book, you and your writing partner, Teresa Farnan. Thank you so much, Craig. It's a joy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing I see that you're pointing out is 100% true and why more people don't realize it you know, escapes me. But the fact that we are feeding the demise of this nation by sending out, it's that old saying, you know, you you send your children to Caesar and then you act surprised when they come home acting like Romans. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. We're, because if we look at the disconnect between what parents want for their children and what they think they're getting, from the schools, the kind of formation, and then what happens by the time our children are graduating from high school, most of them are leaving their faith behind. Yes. They're, they're no longer believers and practicing their faith by the time they're leaving high school before they even get to college. Oh, yeah, even middle school. I mean, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's horrible. And this, uh, you know, and people think this gender identity stuff, I mean, it's, I find it amazing how is it that people can still be so naive and so dumbed down that we can't see that all this gender talk, this is not about being nice and being equal to homosexuals. This is actually an attack on God's holy word when he says male and female created he them. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. You know, and most of this gender identity stuff and and the transgender agenda comes in through the anti-bullying programs. But you put it exactly right. We know how to teach our kids to be nice and kind. And teachers for generations have been helping to reinforce that message with kids. But now they've got these anti-bullying programs, which are really an excuse Mm -hmm. to teach every child that there really is no such thing as male and female. There's only what you identify as. Mm. And that could be anything. And it can change from day to day. And that our kids, no matter what we teach them at home, have to go along with that, or they look like they're being mean or bullying or unkind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I I think to a degree, it's laziness on the part of parents, because this is so... This is blatantly obvious. This is this this used to be twenty years ago. This was subtle, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. it's blatant now. It's obvious now. It's um, I mean, and and not just the LBG, all these different uh, alphabets that they they push with all this uh, sexuality, but they do the same thing with um, 
pushing Islam over Christianity. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, I'm not sure it's all laziness. I think some of it is. Some of it is parents thinking back to their own great memories of, of their local public school and how great it was, or they know the teacher that their kids have, or that it's a great principal. And what they're missing is this agenda is being pushed on our kids and good teachers wear a straitjacket when they are in the schools. They can't be a person of faith. They can't tell our kids the truth that there's male and female. And then the schools, many of them now have really disturbing policies where they say they will not tell parents, even if their own child starts mm-hmm. to become gender confused. So parents are being kept in the dark. Mm-hmm. And that fact alone should be setting off alarm bells. Yeah. To parents. Yeah. And what I think, aren't you telling me? Yeah. I th- was it Oregon? I remember several years ago, I, th- I think it was Oregon. It was one of the, I don't know, might, maybe it was California, but it seemed to me several years ago there was a case where the uh, school system, uh, and these are the same people that don't allow your children to bring aspirin to school now. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, um, a, a, a gender confused child that, they set up to have uh, sex reassignment surgery. And, and, and there are many cases I've heard of they've taken the, uh, the girls to have an abortion. I've, I've heard of that right. in, in many cases. And the parents are not informed. Is, has right. those, are, are those reports accurate? Well, what's happening is that kids, according to the medical community's guidelines, Children are not supposed to have sex reassignment surgery below the age of 18. First of all, that's a ridiculous term because you can't change someone's sex. All you can do is is mutilate their body. But what happens is if a child, particularly in middle school or high school, starts to say they're gender confused, they're the opposite sex, and they don't feel safe telling their parents because their parents have religious views that say male and female and all this, the school can say – to keep this child safe, we are going to point them towards a gender mm. therapist who can then get them on hormones and all that kind of stuff. Planned Parenthood now has become a dispenser of gender hormones, of putting boys on estrogen and putting girls wow. on testosterone, again, without parental knowledge. So mm. these things are, it's a purposeful attempt to divide parents and children and to undermine these fundamental beliefs that are, that are, yes, they're, they're faith-based beliefs, but they're scientific beliefs. Everyone has, you know, you can't change someone's sex. It's in, it's in every cell of your body. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so this is much bigger than, although we're people of faith and we see through that lens, even people who simply care about what's true and what's not. Mm Mm-hmm. Ought to be able, ought to be just waving the red flag and yanking their kids. Get out now! Get your kids out because there are no do-overs on childhood, and that's that's why we take that position in in this book. At least educate yourselves, parents, about mm-hmm. what it's like. Yeah, radically different from even two years ago, but but don't mess with the one childhood that your child has. Mm-hmm. There are no do-overs. 
Yeah, that's that's so true, and that's a, a great point you make in the book that you know you 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 get one childhood, and uh, you know how many how many adults now are scarred by things that happened in their childhood, mm-hmm. and we send our children off, and you know, and you you have people that are what I call professionally wicked. They've been mm-hmm. trained how to be <laughs> wicked. You know, right, the, these right. people would make Doctor Mingale proud. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. what about what about parents that they think their child is in a uh, like what you might call an elite uh, school system, yeah. which let's let's say in most cities you have the uh, the surrounding counties would be the suburbs. And in, in most cities, at least one of those counties or a portion of one of those counties would be the place where the uh highly educated, high-earning people mm-hmm, live and mm-hmm. with their, you know, with their, you know, four or five, six hundred thousand dollar homes in their well-manicured neighborhoods, okay, mm-hmm. and, and these uh, and these brand new palatial uh, schools that their children attend, certainly these people think, oh, that must be happening in the inner city, not not here. Yeah, well, newsflash, it, that's, it's just not true. It's just not true. It is happening everywhere. And that's one of the things that we document in our books. This is not something that's happening in areas where perhaps you've got parents who are dealing with a million other things and they're not paying attention and the school board or the, the principal foists it on the kids. It's not that. It's This is happening everywhere. And what parents need to realize is, you know, sometimes parents who are in these, these you know, expensive school districts that are producing kids with great academic scores, I think they think the schools are more responsive to them as parents mm-hmm. than they really are. But they're not. They're not. Because this, the transgender agenda, for example, has been challenged and fought in school districts across the country by good parents, and they lose. They're losing every time, partly because the other side is willing to go to court in every case. And the school districts are saying to themselves, do we really want to spend $2 million fighting because we've got yeah, some transgender kid who wants everyone to use the right pronouns or whatever? And and so they, they throw up the white flag of surrender because they don't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. And... And parents are not listened to. This is being driven from the outside as well as by people in the educational establishment. Yeah, But yeah. people who have an agenda. Mm-hmm. It's called lawfare. It's warfare by mm-hmm. using using exactly. our laws against us. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it, so, it, it, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I think even in these good school districts, you can you can say to yourself, hey, my kid's getting a great education. But I think the thing to look at is, well, what Scripture tells us, what does it profit a man to, to gain the whole world and lose his, his soul? Amen. And there is, yeah, there is a cost to education, whether it, sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's time because you're homeschooling or, or something mm-hmm. like that, or it can be a personal cost. And that's what I think parents need to look at. It's not a free education if your children if their basic sense of who they are, male or female, is being destabilized, mm-hmm. or if their faith in God is being erased, or their love for their country is, is being trampled on, that's not a free education. There's a huge cost Yeah, that's, that. that's free indoctrination. And, like, and, mm-hmm. and, and the first thing you said was, uh, hey, we are, we are 
creating the demise of the nation uh, by allowing, we, we pack our children up, we send them off to people that teach them. And as a matter of fact, a um, hundred years ago, educators were saying that the number one goal of education is to destroy what the parent has taught. So this, mm-hmm. this is not mm-hmm. new. It's just been put on steroids lately. And I think this, this gender angle is the latest uh, salvo that they have shot our way. I mean, am I overstating it? No, not at all. And in fact, that's, that's one of the, the points we make in our book. The first three chapters are devoted to looking at the whole gender question and really just giving parents the facts and grandparents, because I think grandparents need to, to look at this and understand and encourage their kids you know, or the parents who may be busy with work and whatever to really know what the situation is. But for us, this is the game changer because especially in the past two years, we have just seen this literally go on steroids. I think that's a great, Mm -hmm. great description. And, and parents have to realize they are like the tiny little person facing the, the tsunami waves that's coming over them. They can't hold that wave back, not in their child's lifetime. That's right. Which is why, you know, you may want to fix the public schools in the long term, but it's not going to happen for your child now. And, right. Take them uh, out. I'm so blessed that my grandchildren uh, are homeschooled uh, by their parents. Yeah, my daughter mm-hmm. and her husband, they homeschool, and they homeschool five children, okay? Yeah, God And so you can do it out there, folks. You can do it. Well, especially with the Internet, and a lot of people are doing co-ops, and sometimes churches will allow people to use the, the facilities so mm-hmm. that you can have, you know, collective collective things. So there's it's much easier than it ever used to be. But I, I to solve this problem, I encourage pastors to think how if I want the young people in my congregation to keep their faith, how am I going to make it possible for parents to educate their kids? Mm-hmm. And you can, you can do remedial English. What you can't do remedial, who am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah, particularly after, you know, they've uh, injected your child or performed surgery. I mean, this is, uh, and then what ends up, I think, happening with these injections is that these children become infertile as adults. And then, you know, tell the audience uh, what the suicide rates are for these people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're off the charts. The statistics... Say so the children who identify in the, these ways, you know, transgender, gender confused, it's something like 40% of them will attempt suicide. The, the suicide rate is like 19, uh, in adults who have this, it's like 19 times the rate of the general population. Yeah. They are beset by anxiety, depression. But, but you put your finger on something that is oftentimes not spoken about when they're encouraging these kids to pursue these other identities. And that is once you start opposite sex hormones, you can, you are going to render a child infertile, Mm -hmm. especially if they've done the puberty blockers earlier, which is kind of all the rage right now that Mm -hmm. if you have a young child who says, ah, I'm, I'm a girl, even though they're a boy. And instead of the parents saying, honey, I know who you are. You are a boy and God made you that way. And that's a wonderful thing. You know, mm-hmm. instead of common sense, parents are saying, oh, okay, you, you know, my, my boy says he's a girl. So let's block those boy hormones and give him a chance when he's older to decide if he's a boy or a girl. Well, when you block those hormones, he does not develop normally. And then mm-hmm. if you switch him to, to estrogen, 
he's infertile the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're pushing these these life changing decisions on children when mm-hmm. when we need to be the adults and, and you know root ourselves in common sense and in science and in the in the truth and the truths of our faith and and just be that voice of clarity. So yeah. let me ask again, you a question a, on yeah. on that because before way before this latest rage with all the gender stuff you know mm-hmm. i i've been studying this for many many years for decades even and it used to be the war on boys okay mm-hmm. where you had these mm-hmm. feminazi teachers who hate men and so they're taking it out on the boys to you know so because that's the male that they they have control over so right. I, I want right. to know what with these beta blockers and these puberty blockers that they give, what's the percentage? Is it 50-50 boys and girls, or are they doing this more to boys, or are they doing well, it more to girls? Yeah, no, good good question. Among the youngest children, it has typically been more often boys. Mm-hmm. In other words, boys who exhibit interest in, in you know more quiet activities, or they like the color pink. So what? They can be a boy who likes the color pink. But traditionally, it's been more often a boy in those younger years. But here's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing now is something that some psychologists call rapid onset gender dysphoria. Oh. Which is, it occurs <laughs> particularly in middle school girls. Their bodies are developing. They don't feel like the typical girly girl. They're really uncomfortable. Mm. And then their friends start identifying as transgender. So they say, ah, that's the solution. Mm. So what we're seeing is when you get up to those um, puberty years, middle school, high school, the percentages flip. Instead of it being mostly boys who are exhibiting this problem, it's girls who are rejecting their femininity. And then the rush is not just to the hormones, but they are performing mastectomy on girls of 15 and 16. Wow. Now, do they do this with or without parental uh, knowledge and approval? It depends on the jurisdiction. It depends on the jurisdiction. So I believe it's Oregon. It's either Oregon or Washington. You can have that done at 15 without parental permission. Yeah, that's the one that I had heard about. mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But yeah. what happens is parents are feel vulnerable because by this time, especially if a parent has been kept in the dark and then they've got this this fifteen year old girl who says, "I'm a boy," and then the script sort that these kids learn is you know i'm I'm going to be I, I'm suicidal, I'm going to commit suicide if you don't let me do this oh, and Lord. instead of the parents you know seeking mental health um, help for for their children to accept who they are, mm-hmm. there's this push to go down the lane of hormones and then early surgery, wow. you know, the mastectomies for these girls. And the sad thing is it does not solve the problem. We're oh, of course what, not. This is natural. No. You know, um, you know, menstruation is natural. It's going to happen at some point. And mm-hmm. I think girls have always been uncomfortable when this new change begins to occur. Right. Especially if you're a girl who, you know, maybe your, your frame is a little bigger and you're, you're not the typical cheerleader. So what? (laughs) You You can have a beautiful sense of who you are and and you Mm. just go through these stages, but it's up to adults to help children learn to embrace who they are, not 
escape it. Yeah. To, to look or, for something different. Yeah. Or I guess if you're the, the oldest child or the oldest girl and you, you have not seen your big sister go through it, then, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, and you, and, and you know, maybe you, your mother hasn't prepared you or no female has prepared you, you know, this is going to happen. I mean, this is, uh, you know, maybe an outgrowth of this society that we have where families are no longer together. Everyone's on their own device. Everyone has their own TV in their own in their room. You know, when I was a kid, we had one TV and the families sat together and we watched the same thing. We talked. We had dinner. We had conversation at right. dinner. And so with this breakdown, that you know, something so natural there, I guess it would seem strange. Mm-hmm. Right. And what, because every child has a phone these days, what we're finding is these kids who are vulnerable, who feel like they don't fit in, find these communities online and they start talking to people exactly Mm. who convince them that this is really the root to their happiness. And yet we're seeing a phenomenon of young women in their late teens and early twenties who have quote, identified as, as transgender. And then by the time they're in their early twenties, they're saying, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're de-transitioning. Mm-hmm. But, and now but they're infertile. Then, they're infertile. They have whiskers on their face sometimes Ooh. that aren't going to go away. They have their voices deepened. In other words, there are permanent repercussions to this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you said something right when you opened the show. You you said how you were a, a proponent of, of school choice. Mm-hmm. And this is where, for those parents who are thinking, oh, my gosh, this is, I, I didn't realize this, but what can I do? I'd say two things. Take your child out. Get out now and trust the Lord to show you, to help you find the help you need mm-hmm. to educate your child. But in the long run, we have got to pressure these legislators to get the strings off the vouchers, to make it so the money follows the child, that mm-hmm. parents have control. Yeah, that's our because, goal in the state of Virginia, to do it at the constitutional level with a constitutional amendment so that mm-hmm. all education dollars follow the child, period. Exactly. And yeah, that's, exactly. The, that's the only way. And in Virginia, it has to be done constitutionally because— of the history of massive resistance in Virginia, the Constitution was mm-hmm. changed to put the power with the school boards in each mm-hmm. in each separate locality. So the Constitution mm-hmm. has to be changed again. So on a state-by-state uh, basis, each state has to figure out the best way to legislatively to have education dollars follow the child so that the parent can just take them out and... Um, and I guess if that doesn't happen, you have to bite the bullet and pay yourself. And, and if, you know, right. do you love your child enough to do that? Right, right. And, you know, as I said, you don't get a do-over on childhood. And you Amen. can get a remedial English class or English or math class if, if you feel like your homeschooling or your, your small private school isn't doing the job you want. You don't get a do-over on the yeah. basics of yeah. Who am I and who is God and how do I make mm-hmm. sense of this world? And you said something so. very powerful that pastors need to get involved. I mean, one mm-hmm. of the things that boils my blood is these Reverend Chickenfoot types that, I mean, if you were not involved in the world yourself, you go to church and you would not even realize that there's a culture war going on 
because the, the right. preacher doesn't talk about it, you know, and tell mm-hmm. the audience mm-hmm. what they are uh, voting on in California in reference to preachers that, that if you have a gender confused child in the state of California, uh, you know, what the, the law, they're trying to make this the law that the, the preacher or a Christian minister cannot even counsel that child. Mm-hmm. Right. And the good news is I just saw it, it yesterday. The sponsor of that legislation has pulled that after talking with pastors and religious people. Now, this is a temporary pause because mm-hmm. he has said he will reintroduce it. But at least they, they were able to push this back because this was a huge threat. I mean, yeah. you're, you're right. This, this would have uh, prevented pastors, prevented educators, prevented anyone who's trying to bring the truth to someone. In other words, the state was trying to legislate. Yeah. This yeah. is what's true. And you, the rest of you, have to put a muzzle on. We're yeah. Not even we're we're at war them. with these people. And, and folks, you got to get the book. The book is Get Out Now. Mary Rice Hassan, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and thank you for the work you do. All right, and you too. God bless. God bless. All right, bye-bye.